Hello, residents of Meeple Town. This is Dean. Johnny Muppet. And today we're going to be talking about a few games that we've been playing lately. Then we're going to be doing a review of Gentis. And finally, we're going to be talking about our experiences planning a board game night at a local school. So thanks for joining us for episode number 15. residents of Meeple Town, if you were here right now, you would see Dean with his bags packed, a giant grin on his face, tube socks, and flip-flops. Why are you dressed like that, Dean? <laughs> uh, probably because I'm going on a mancation with a bunch of dads. <laughs> a bunch of dudes. Dad a mancation, of, baby. A bunch of dudes. Yep. You And this mancation involves a ton of game playing, huh? It does. It involves some golfing, some game Oh, playing. I didn't know that. Yeah. Do you play golf? Yeah, once a year. I'm vacation. Oh. You, are you any good at all? Um, Kinda? I mean, I'd beat you. Is that right? <laughs> You've never seen me play golf. No, I'm just kidding. But no. listen. Uh, no, I'm not good. But Yes, I'm, you would. Okay. I'm miserably bad. <laughs> I tried to get... I worked at a golf course when I was 16, and I tried to get good for a summer, and then I said... I'm just gonna fish from now on. I'm done with golf. Yeah, I was. I'm just not good. I really enjoy golf, but at this stage in life, I play about maybe twice a year. Is kind of what I play. So, and the funny thing is, I actually play better if I haven't played in a while because I just don't have any expectations and I don't overthink my game. Yep. Um, but the answer is no. I'm not good at golf. Yeah, <laughs> I well. enjoy it. Do you remember whenever it was really cool to wear tube socks with like those Adidas slippers? back in the 90s and everybody was wearing those yes my wife talks about it she used to do that oh i used to love it i said i said tommy hill figures i thought i was like the coolest tommy hill figures sandals oh, oh okay okay I and you. i might have had some socks too i can't remember <laughs> if they were if they were the socks they might have been bootleg yeah i remember going on a trip to mexico and getting a bunch of bootleg stuff one time i'm really derailing this but i did have a shirt that said instead of ralph lauren ralph lore because it did not have an in on the end. <laughs> That's pretty fantastic. I, I don't. I, I think of. I did do the Adidas shoes with the socks. I'm sure I did. I just don't remember that much about that part of Man. my life. I guess Re- Reebok pumps. I remember those. Dude, those were awesome. I, except for I had to do LA gear because we couldn't afford Reebok pumps. Yeah, <laughs> had to rock the LA gears, baby. I don't know why they stopped making those. Probably because they're really impractical and expensive. But <laughs> I don't know. Still... But if someone re came out with the pump, I might be into it. They were still pretty cool. Do you actually. know why I call myself Johnny Muppet? You do know why. Um, I, I yes. saw an amazing meme at Meeple Town. <laughs> oh, the joke. Yesterday, the joke I saw an amazing meme. If you like Metallica, if anyone likes Metallica, I used to listen to Metallica back in the early 90s. And uh, they have a very popular song, or at least back then, called Master of Puppets. And I have to tell you this because if you don't listen to Metallica, you won't get the meme. James Hetfield is Metallica's singer. And there was this meme with a picture of James Hetfield, and it said... If James Hetfield officiated Miss Piggy and Kermit's wedding, he would be called Pastor of Muppets. <laughs> I did not get and it when John the told silence, me. And the silence. And I thought I couldn't stop thinking about it. I'm like sending it to folks and all kinds of stuff. Instead of Master of Puppets, Pastor of Muppets. Okay. I get it now, but I didn't know the song. I'm not a big Metallica fan. Master of Puppets is pulling your string. Oh. <laughs> 
I will say this. Twisting your mind and smashing your dreams. John laughed so hard by me. at himself when he told me that this morning. He was so proud of a joke that he I didn't come up with. I was laughing because I kept thinking of what is going on in Dean's head right now. Oh my goodness. Let's do a poll before we completely derail episode 15 before it even starts. Too late. Yep, yeah, that's see the true. Poll. So... Because of the uh, segment that we're going to do at the end that you mentioned in the intro about hosting a game night, I asked Meepletown, have you ever hosted a game night or day for primarily non-gamers, uh, i.e. at your workplace, at your church, at school, wherever, you know, just some place that you're, you haven't, that a lot of the folks are not going to uh, have played many games before. And what do you think? Did you get a chance to look at it? What do you think? I, I, I had three, three, yes, no, no. No, but I'd like to. I, I saw it when it first posted, but I didn't see the final results. All right. Well, then give us give us a guess. A guess of what people had said. Yeah. Um, what percentage said yes, they have done that mm, out of Meeple Town? 33%. All right. What said no? 33%. What said no, but I'd like to? 33%. That is the most boring answer. <laughs> I think probably most but statistically, said no, this, maybe. Right? Actually, 46% said yes. Oh, wow. Okay. Only 13% said no. 41 said no, but I'd like to. Oh, wow. So, so that's maybe this cool. will be helpful. Yeah, we're going to talk about that probably later on. But, I mean, I think it's really neat to know that a big chunk of Meeple Town, that would be 87% have either hosted a game night for people who aren't gamers primarily or would like to do that. Yeah. So hopefully we can kind of help you out and give you pointers of what to do and probably what not to do yeah absolutely because we've we've done this before we'll talk about that later but we don't have a ton of experience doing this and and especially in this setting this is the first time we've done this either one of us so in the school setting yep yeah yep for sure well you want to talk about some games that we've been playing i do i will talk about sushi roll Alrighty. um sushi roll is a game by phil walker harding and it's published by Game Right Games. This one actually just came out this year, and it's a follow-up game to Sushi Go Party or Sushi Go, which is a card drafting game. So in Sushi Roll, as you would imagine, you're rolling dice instead, instead of, drafting, of cards. drafting cards, but you're drafting the dice that you roll. And uh, it's a really simple game. On your turn, you're going to roll the dice. You're going to take one of the dice and put them onto your um, to put them onto your tray, and then pass the dice, and then they roll them again and do the same thing over and over again. Uh, the points come from the different types of sushi that you get. Some are just straight up points. Some are, you know, clicks. If you have the most of these, then you're going to get the points at the end of the round or um, or points at the end of the game. Or some are um, put this, draft this wasabi and then put a nigiri on top of it. And that's going to be worth triple points. Super simple game. Yeah. Sushi Go Party, I know, is one that I enjoy more than John does. Uh, I think we've actually talked about that on here before. Um, it's a great, uh, the card game is a great way to introduce people into the hobby. Uh, a game that we actually played, um, at our, uh, at the school game night that we'll talk about later, but the dice game I think is better. It's a better system than that other one. The thing if, the thing is for me is that the the hangup, I guess, is that I want to see more, you know, more ways of scoring, either more dice or, you know, different, um, different rules for the different yeah. dice that you have, but I think it's a lot of fun. But what'd you? What'd you yeah, think? I mean, I, I, I'm as you mentioned earlier, I'm not a huge fan of sushi go party. Now that's my personal taste. However, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast. I very much think it was a great pick for introducing people to gaming, especially like card drafting and like if no one's ever done that, getting the opportunity to do that. So I, I do not think that any of these are bad games. I just feel like. 
personally, I like a little more to them. I don't need a whole lot more. I mean, it's pretty pretty simple and straightforward. I will say that I think it either because it's newer, and I have to do that caveat because I, I want to make sure that I, you know, sometimes it's just a newer game and you get excited about it. Yeah. And I want to uh-huh. say that on the because I don't want people because it's either because it's newer or because if I'm playing a simplified game, let's just chunk some dice and have fun. Right, right. I think that's why. Yeah. I really do. I think like you know, and and I had a good time playing it. If someone says let's play it. I mean, I would play it. I think it would be a great... It's a great family game. A yeah. great game to play yeah. with my kids. I mean, if you were like, let's play um, Sushi Go or... I would, you know, and I say dot, dot, dot. If I'm playing with you, I'd probably rather play just about anything. I mean, not anything else. <laughs> wow. No, okay. no, I don't mean that like that. <laughs> I just mean something more complex. Something more that we would normally play. Yeah, yeah. It's and- not... It's not. It's a, it's a very solid game. It's smooth. It, it, it It's well designed. Mm-hmm. For sure. It's perfect for it's perfect for game nights with people who aren't necessarily necessarily hardcore gamers. Yep. It's also a quick game, and so you know even if even if you are hardcore gamers and you want you know something to play as people are, are you know get, gathering or whatever it is, I think it's a I think it's a lot of fun. I really enjoy this one. Yeah, if you it's, like Sushi Go Party, um, I will say that after I will taught Sushi Go Party the other night after playing Sushi Roll, I kind of went, mm, this kind of solidifies why I think I like Sushi Roll better. Mm, yeah. Just, just, it's just a little more fun yeah. than just drafting and passing cards. Yeah. Chunk and dice is always fun for me. So it is. I'm, it, I'm it can be super frustrating, but you know, when you're playing a game like that, let's just have fun. Yep. So I thought it was a solid game, but not really my taste. Yeah. Yeah. So what have you been playing? Well, here's the thing. What we're going to talk about when we're saying the games we've been playing lately, Dean and I had a wonderful board game date the other night. Nope. Nope. (laughs) (laughs) He doesn't like it when I say stuff like that. No, we did though. We had, we had a a night full of, of just playing games. I mean, we, I think we played like what, five games. We did. We wrote my wife into one of them. Yeah. That was it. Yeah. And we and it was kind of cool. We don't often do game nights like this, but we played five games in about what maybe four something five like hours, that. something like that. Yep. Um, so a lot of these were lighter games like Sushi Roll uh, and and uh, some other ones that we'll talk about and and tell don't want to spoil it. Don't want to spoil it, right? But <laughs> so some of them were lighter games, which is why we got so many you know good plays in. But it was fun. It was different than what we normally do. So yeah, because normally we're honestly we're prepping for podcast is a lot of our gaming. Yeah, or we're, or we're about to shoot a YouTube video, and so we've got to really kind of get in, get the game in, and we don't have a lot of time. This time was really much more just relaxing and having fun. So um, one of the games that we played is a game that Stronghold Games sent me. Thank you, Stronghold Games, and that was uh, Fine Sand, and that's at my request because I've been I've seen. I like Freedom of Freeze games. Uh, he, his games always intrigue me because who knows what the heck he's going to do. <laughs> right, right, yeah. <laughs> right? And so I'm like, you know what? I want to I want to play Fine Sand. And then I watched, um, I think, a Verado video, and he quite liked it. I believe that he stated it was his favorite game to play with two players by Freedom and Freeze. So... I thought that was a pretty strong statement. Now that doesn't mean it's his it favorite is. game. I don't know if I have much to compare it to. Yeah, this. I, I think Power Grid, you know, is not a, a two-player game. So beyond that, I don't know. You, Power Grid, the card game is a good. I've mentioned that in the podcast, but there's like a third kind of player that it adds. Mm-hmm. So it is a good two-player game. Okay. Um, and I might like it better than this, but I don't know. Um, so in Fine Sand, you are. It's a deck deconstruction game, right? So instead of building your deck and and using it to accomplish whatever task it is in this game you're literally trying to get rid of all your cards 
but you do that by you do that by spending cards to play cards. So every card is worth one point value or one coin unless it's a coin card that may have two or three coins on it. So if I wanted to play a card onto my tableau that may increase my hand size, it may cost me six. Well, I've got to have six single cards in addition to that or maybe one that has a three coin on it and then three other ones. I don't want to go into too much detail about all that, but I'll say this about the game. It's very, I think it's very simple and straightforward. Oh, yeah. And this may be one of Dean's like, and I and I've just just talked about a game sushi roll that I, that I think is very simple. However, um, there are definitely more choices. It's definitely more weighty than 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 sushi roll, especially when you add the fable cards or whatever. But it's simple. It's straightforward. Um, there's a lot of interesting decisions that you're making because you're trying to you're actually building kind of an engine to get rid of cards. Yeah. And I love engine building. Yeah. Love engine building. This one, it really shocked me. I didn't have any expectations going into this one. Uh, and when you, even when you were going through like the explanation of how to play, I was You're like, like eh. yeah, but then you actually play it and it's, it has for me, it feels, um, it feels like a dominion type game, especially when you add in those fable cards and it's not at all. You know, you're not building a deck. You're you're given a deck that everyone plays with. That's that's the same. But when you're playing the cards out, it it you know you're you're kind of building this. You are building this engine in a way that to me that feels like Dominion. So I was actually really pleasantly surprised by this game. It's it's fun. Yeah, and it's one that I, you can teach pretty simply as well, which is what I do like about it. It's it's gives you a deck building even though it's deck deconstruction feel. Uh, in a simplified version. Yeah. Like I taught it to uh, my father-in-law who plays games with us, but it's yeah, once every couple months we play a game or something like that. The most complex game he's probably ever played is like Stone Age or something. And mm-hmm. he picked it up no problem. Came yeah. in second place. Yeah. And he enjoyed it, I think. So I I, I think that's really cool. Um, but yeah, I mean, there's interesting decision. We mentioned, I'll just briefly say there are fable cards in here, which change the game. So there's like 30 cards in your deck that you're trying to get rid of. But after you play through a time or whatever, there's three new cards that you're going to introduce. And you're going to get rid of three cards. And man, it changes the whole game. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, I wouldn't, I you know, if I had any interest in this game, for sure I would not pick this up without those fable cards. If it was just the game, it would get samey really fast. But, I agree with that. I but think then, it would get you know, fast. Even throwing, we talked about, uh, talked about this on the video, but even throwing three cards into the mix of 30 cards really changes it quite a bit. It's huge amounts because you're also going to be discarding those, so you're going to get them multiple times. Right. So right. it's not just a card that you're going to only get one time. You're going to play it two, three, four times over the course of the game. Yeah. And how you play those three cards, it's it matters a lot. It's, it's a fun, smooth, and I didn't mention before either that it's simultaneous play. Yeah, and I should have so mentioned that before. Mm-hmm. So, like, everyone makes their move, does their progression of drawing cards, building something, or drawing more cards, and then checking their hand limit, maybe offshoring a card. And then after you're done with that, you put your token on there, and you wait. Yeah. It's fast. You wait for about five seconds. I mean, really, there's there's really no wait time in this game. Uh, unless you're playing with somebody you knew who's just trying to figure out the cards in their hand. But even then, uh, I, and that's that's another thing about the Fable card is that it, it kind of eases people, even if you're not a gamer, it eases people into, you know, something that's more complex. Because if you mm-hmm. threw all those cards in together with, you know, all the that's fable true. cards and everything, that might be a little too much. But I, I think this is a really good game to ease people into something a little more complex. The other thing I, I think is cool is that, you know, you're adding in the fable cards, 
but you're randomly taking out cards from your deck. So that change. that changes, you know, every time. Potentially, you know, if you play a whole game with all the fable cards and then go back and restart, um, you'd have a whole different experience. A whole different experience. Yeah. yeah. I just, it's kind of weird, like, <clears throat> it's not like my favorite game ever by any stretch, oh, no, but no. it's it's a very solid game that I really feel like I'm going to pull out quite a bit, yep. because it, it's perfect, like, it, it gives, it give, if I'm being selfish, it gives me enough thought to enjoy the game while I'm teaching, you know, something to someone who may be newer to gaming, and even gamers, yeah. like, if you want to play Fine Sand, I'd play right now with you, I'd yeah. get some new Fable cards, and we'd go to town, it'd yeah. be fun. Yeah, oh yeah, absolutely. It'd be fun. I, I, I wouldn't often turn down a game of this. I think it's pretty fun. I wouldn't either because it's 30 minutes too. Yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. All right. So the game, the next game that I'm going to talk about that I, that we got to play this night was the last game that we played. And this was the Voyages of Marco Polo. Uh, this is a Simone uh, Luciani and uh, Danielle Tassini. And the publisher is Z-Man Games in the U.S. And Marco Polo is a game where you are kind of traveling around the board and you're drafting you're drafting dice to, I'm sorry, you roll your dice and you place your dice out as workers onto the board to take your actions. Not dice drafting, but um, like dice worker placement. And really, that's, that's the crux of the game. You're going to do that to get resources, yeah. and obviously the higher numbers are going to be more beneficial, but you, but you don't necessarily get blocked out of spots. Um, you can, more often than not, you can get in spots, but you just have to pay more if somebody else is there. Uh, and the, the, the really, the thing that most people talk about in this game is uh, the, the, the player, the, each player starts with their own power, and all of the powers are overpowered. Uh, you know, really, really good powers, but the balance comes in that every one of those powers is so overpowered. They're, so yeah, and they're balanced um, well, right, right. And I think that that you know they're they're pretty balanced but well. And in fact, John and I, when we played this, we were one <laughs> one point apart, which is actually a kind of a big deal because you score a decent amount of points. And in this I was game. one coin away from like I think for every ten coins, yeah. you get a victory point, and I had nine. Yes, I mean literally couldn't have. It's razor thin right. margins. Yeah, yeah. However, I was not. <laughs> what are you smiling like? I mean, about? it's it's cool that that the you know the it's cool that I won, and it's oh. cool that the game was close and it has some cool pieces. I was not blown away by this like I thought I might. I've had this on my shelf for a while. I've been wanting to play. I enjoyed it. It didn't it didn't blow me away. You know, this is a game that's rated uh, that's ranked forty two overall on I Board know. Game Geek. I don't quite get that, dude. But I have been. I don't mean to butt in, but I just want to be right there with you to a degree. Like, I have, I, that is, this has definitely been one that's been, I, I hadn't played it before either. And I, it's been on my radar. I mean, I love Zulkin. I quite enjoy uh, Newton, which we might review later on, but I won't spoil any more of that. <laughs> Not in this episode, but in a future episode. Um, and I, like, Luciani, like, I, I like his games, man. But I was with you, like I just felt a little underwhelmed. Yeah, it wasn't a bad game by oh, any no, stretch. Oh no, no, it's not bad at all. It was. I had a good time playing it, but it was just kind of okay. And that's kind of how I felt whenever I walked away from it. Like it's a solid, good game. Why it's ranked forty-two overall? I mean, we're probably making people mad now, but I just don't. I don't get it yeah, at all. People I know, people really, really love this game, and what I've been told is that the expansion will really ramp it up. I don't know if it will for me, honestly. I don't I don't know. I'd be I willing to give I mean there are a few games 
like champions and midguard and stuff that the expansion is necessary for me. That like expansions are so important. Yeah. So if I mean I'd give it I definitely and I yeah, I mean I definitely I would be excited I would be excited about trying it with an expansion just because of how much hype this has and maybe it was because of my maybe if I was less excited about it. <laughs> yeah. Then maybe I would come into it, but I just I don't know, man. I was just I was underwhelmed. Uh, it was a solid game, but it's it's the hype train for me. I think I just had it hyped up way too much in my head. But I I, I mean okay, I'm not gonna turn you know. I, well, I will. I'll turn down. I turn against. I would. But I'll play it again. You know, it's not like I, I'm poo pooing it and I'm never gonna play this game again. That's not the case. And I do want to try it with the expansion because that might really boost it for me. But as it is, um, I put this on my trade pile. I don't know if I'm gonna keep this. Part of that is I have a, a friend who has it as well, um, and. I think, and and I'm pretty sure he has the expansion with that, so I'll try that with it. But yeah, anyway. I've, got, <clears throat> I've got no desire to trade you. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Unless yeah. you want to trade Sushi Go Party for it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. But anyway, that's Voyages of Marco Polo. We were maybe underwhelmed, but I we'll try it again. I think. Yeah, or I will. I'll I mean, it's again. still a good game. Yeah. That's not that's not to say that it's not a good game. It's still a good game. I just don't. I just don't quite get that hype. Maybe it was the dice and the placement back in 2015. That idea of doing that, people got excited about and all yeah. that kind of stuff. Maybe. Um, anyways, so let's talk about a game that I enjoyed a lot more than that game. All right. You know why? Because the name Stefan Feld is on it. <laughs> I actually don't love for all you. Of it Stephen doesn't Feld. matter. No, it does matter. No, it does. I, I was underwhelmed by a Feld game that I played. I'm not even talking about it right now. Not that long ago. So, uh, Notre Dame or Nor- Notre Dame. <laughs> uh, this is a Feld game that I had not played before. Nor had I. Yeah. It's been again, another one that's been on my radar for a while. Um, you know, this game is only like 22 bucks on Amazon. I'm, I don't mean, I'm just going to be real. Like That's why. <laughs> that's another reason it was on my radar. I was yeah. just like, man... I've heard really good things about the game. I don't know why I just never pulled the trigger and purchased it. I think it was just I wanted to give it a play or something. But in order, Dom, you're you you have like a little borough, a city. A, what would you call it, Dean? Yeah, borough. something like that, mm-hmm. a borough. And you're spreading influence in your borough. And when you spread your influence, it's giving you actions to do. So you may get more coins. You may get more influence. You may be able to prevent some rat infestation, <laughs> um, but what you're doing on your turn is the first thing you're going to do is you're going to you're going to draft cards. So you're going to pull up what? How many? Six cards, right, Dean? No, three. Three cards. Yeah, you're going because you're going to go one, two, three. Yes. <laughs> do you like that math? I don't know what that means. But I don't yeah. know. You you take three cards and then you draft. And then you draft one. <laughs> yeah. We're just looking at each other really strangely right now, which I think is, I'm having a great time. I don't know if it makes great radio, but I'm having a great time. So, okay, you are dra- you're pulling three cards? Yes. From your pile, and then you're going to draft one and pass the other two to your the person you're playing against or to the person to your left, I guess, or whatever. And then you're going to keep going around and you're going to draft cards. After you draft the cards, it's a, it's a the cards have actions on them. And I am a humongous fan of of card-based action, like playing cards as actions. I don't like Concordia and stuff. Like, I've just really, after playing this game, I really realized how much I like that because you usually have to kind of pre-program out your thoughts. Like, I've got these three cards. What order am I going to play them in to best optimize um, my score or whatever? So after you draft the cards, you're going to then play them, you know, I'll play Dean Plays, I'll play Dean Plays or whatever. But those cards are going to let you again do the actions that I that I mentioned, and man, I had a blast playing Notre Dame. 
Hmm. I thought it was really good. I thought it was really smooth. You have this rat infestation thing that you're trying to like guard against that like, basically can hose you in the game. Right, and, right. And, and I know that you don't always love those kind of things, but but if there's only one, and I don't know, you just have to make these interesting decisions based on, like, do I want more money or do I want to be careful about the rat infestation? Yeah. Do I want more money or do I want to have more influence because I'm running out of influence? Right. And I don't want to get stuck with no influence. That infestation comes fast too. It, that didn't bother me. And in it fact, looks I, like it's not going to. And right. All of a sudden you're like, right. whoa. It really ramps up. If you get, you know, if you put your, uh, if you put those people out there, you could very well get what, like four or five rats come out at one time on those cards. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, or you could have, you know, one or two, or or have the card where you can, uh, you know, take that take that character and. You know the the rat infestation doesn't bother you at all that round, which is pretty neat too. It's really but. cool. And Dean's talking about there's three cards that get laid out. It's three, right, Dean? Uh, correct. I can't remember what they're called, but they're the... I, they're they're people that give you bonuses. <laughs> <laughs> and kind of common, uh, Feld does that kind of thing. Like every round, there's going to be three new cards that come out that'll give you bonuses, but you do have to pay for them. Yeah, but it's only one, and they all it's cost the one. same, which is interesting. I think um, because some of them. It's it's interesting because for a specific round, one card might be the obvious choice that everyone's going to pick, but it doesn't mean that that card's overpowered. It just means that for that very specific moment, that's going to be exactly. really helpful. Which I mean, there I are think cards cool. that I got, and then they and I saw them again and didn't want them. Right? It just it, it just game. doesn't make sense that round necessarily. It doesn't. Like early in the game, the non rat the rat is not seems like it's not as important because you start on zero, don't you? You don't start on very you right, start right. Very you start high. on you start but on. As zero. it goes later on, it can, can become really important, especially yeah. if you don't manage that. Yeah, yeah. So I I really enjoy that tension because if you without that tension, you're you're just kind of building an engine, but you have to think about that other factor of, like you said, man, I'd really like more money because I want to be able to put money into yeah. to building the cathedral and and all that. So I I yeah, I think it's cool. And then it's, you, you what you said about engine building though, I didn't mention. I want to say like when you put your influence into the place to get more coins, then the next turn it stays there. Mm-hmm. You put influence in then you'll get like two coins or something. So it builds as the game is progressing, right, right. which is which is hugely important. And that cathedral you mentioned is like almost the, the game. Like yeah. I mean there's so many points you can make in there. You can't let other people And you might not think about that, but but the cathedral you can get. So if you pay the full I think it's 3 Three dollars, three or six dollars to get six points. I think uh, it's three, three to get six. three to get six. One to get three or something. And then at the end or of that round, three. whoever has the most gets another six. If you know, that's huge. If if you spend that much, now you can just spend one and get less, and and that's fine too. But I don't think you can ignore that because twelve points in this game just from those two things is a lot. Is is and, quite and a Dean bit. beat me because of that because I let him do that one round and I couldn't come back from. Yeah, that. and we played. No, this was just a, a two player game. But what had happened the last round. So I had my my cathedral card. John gave me his cathedral card, and I won it. And so that's eighteen points just based on that because I had only, enough money to do that. And there would only be in a two player game two cathedral cards, right? Right. And the interesting thing is, how what's the total actions, Dean? At nine actions, are there three different sets of sets of them? Uh, I can't remember. What are you asking? I'm sorry. The cards that you're drawing from. Yeah, you're not paying it. Can no. you say that again? Because I wasn't paying at all. No. I like oh, the Lego movie. Anyways, I think, are there nine cards? Because you're, you're, you're drafting, you're pulling three from your deck and then you're drafting. So you're playing, or there's six actions. you're playing nine rounds, but there's two cards that you play each round. 
Is that what you're asking? There's three cards you play each round, isn't there? No, two. You have three, but you have to choose between. Oh, but you yeah. choose. What I, my asking, my, my question was, what are the <laughs> this odds? Is good radio. That, I know. My question are the stack that I'm drawing from initially. How uh-huh. many cards? Oh, are nine. There? That's nine. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That's what I was trying to get. No, at I'm looking time. right at you. I was paying attention. It's just <laughs> there, I, no, no. And the reason I asked that, <laughs> the reason I say that is because that means there's a uh, 33% chance that you'll draft that you'll even pull the cathedral card out. So the odds that I had the cathedral card and you had the cathedral card and I was going to hand you the deck that had both weren't really that high. But it happened that way. Yeah, but you know and the, that you would have drafted the one first. Maybe the the knock on it is in a two player game it almost it really doesn't make sense to ever get rid of that cathedral card. Maybe well okay, that's that's Maybe you're early that's a little much. you don't have any. Yeah. Right. So I I think that there could be a reason not to do that, but it's just so many points. Why would you? Why would you get rid of it? And I feel like if you get rid of it, it's not coming back to you. Probably. Probably not. So, yeah. and it might be. It might be different in a in a larger um, player count, which is what I want to try this at. I enjoy this. Uh, it's not my top three. Yeah. Maybe not my top five. I don't know, but it I, might I be really my enjoy. Top I'm, five. As, as far as like Feld games Feld, go. Yeah. Uh, We're talking about I, Feld games, not top yeah specifically five of all time. specifically yeah. Feld games. I don't know. It's. Uh, it's it it is a lot of fun, but I would want to try it at a higher player count to kind of get a better idea. To to c- kind of close this out, I, I mentioned this to Dean, and one of my favorite positions that Feld will often put players in, and what I like about this game is make a lot of small decisions that build up to something, and so making the decision to say what card am I going to keep out of these three, right? Then handing it. What am I handing to the partner? It's not an overly complicated decision. Mm-hmm. But then it comes back, now which one am I going to keep here? Okay, now that I have these cards, what order am I going to play these cards in to you know, to get them optimum scoring or whatever? Mm-hmm. And then at the end of the round, which person am I going to pick? Like, right. it's, it's a lot of decisions that make me not have brain burn. But it, it does, it's not like a super light game because if you don't make the right ones at the right time, they don't build on each other. But I felt like that informed Trajanum. I feel like that to a degree in like castles, burgundy and stuff. Like you're rolling dice, you're picking a couple, you know, which one am I going to do? Which action am I doing? I think he does often puts us in those positions. And that's what I think I do like about yeah, a lot of the Yeah, games. I totally agree. It's not like 18 different things I can do at one mm-hmm. time. Yeah. I like when he does that. John and I are trying to knock out some Feld games so that we can... <laughs> We can come up with a list because yeah, I think yeah. we're both big Feld fans, and I just I really just want to devour all the stuff that he comes out yeah. with. So. And I will say this: like if you don't, if you are heavy into theme, if you want heavy thematic games, even though we enjoy Feld, you're not going to like his games. Maybe yeah, yeah, potentially. Like if you want to go shoot zombies and aliens or go on some grand adventure, you're probably not going to be that excited about Feld games. Um, I just want to say that because we're all about strengthening community, letting people know. Mm-hmm. So I don't yeah. want people to be like, yeah, oh, yeah, I true. can't wait to go try this. And then they're like, huh? Yeah. But I, I I, enjoy the mechanics over the theme, but I really love it when they all work together. <laughs> that's the sweetest. Yeah, and I'm more that's of a the theme sweetest. guy than John is, but at the same time, I, I feel the same way. I, I need to have good mechanics, but and, and I don't have to have a game that is fully thematic or anything, yeah. obviously. But anyway, that's what we've been playing lately. We're going to go on to our review of Gentis. Gentis is a 1-4 player game published in 2017 by TMG Games in the U.S. The designer is Stefan Risthaus. The artists are Harold Leitsky and Adam P. MacGyver. It's for ages 14 and up, and it plays in 75 to 120 minutes. 
In Gentis, players take on the role of ancient people attempting to develop an early civilization and score the most points at the end of six rounds. These rounds are broken up into three eras. Every round consists of the heyday phase where players take turns performing actions by taking action tiles from the main board or taking actions from their cards. After the heyday phase, players will do the decline phase which has the players returning tiles to the board, taking any gained bonuses, and setting up for the next round. Let's look at how to take actions during the heyday phase. To take an action during the heyday phase, players will take an action tile from the location on the board. At the top of the tile, there will be a monetary cost which players will need to pay for as well as the hourglass tokens needed to place. Each player has a player board and at the top of said board there is an action track. In the first round, players will only have six places available to place action tiles and hourglass tokens. If I took a tile that showed a cost of two and two hourglass tokens, I would pay two coins and take the action tile. I would put the action tile on the first empty space on my player board going from left to right. After placing the tile, I would take two hourglass tokens and place them on my player board. In this case, I would have an option to either place one token in its own space or put two on the same space to allow for more actions this turn. If I do that, I'll have to leave one of the hourglass tokens on my board for the next round, leaving me with less actions then. Players will take turns like this until the board fills up and they are no longer able to take any more actions for this round. Some civilization cards that players have previously played will also allow to take actions, and they don't require a player to take the action tile, but they still need to play hourglass tokens, and they can only be played once per round. Now let's look at the actions that players can take. First players can take a tax collector action, which just gives the player the amount of coins listed. The leader action has the player taking the first player token along with two coins. The philosopher action has the player increasing their population. And I won't go into the whole process of increasing your population, but just know that the population matters for purchasing civilization cards. The different population types essentially act as resources. The scribe action allows players to take civilization cards. These cards are taken into a player's hand until they can take the Chronicler action, which allows the cards to be played into a player's area. When these cards are played, the player will immediately take the points listed as well as one point per one symbol that matches from the card to card. These cards might also give different bonuses and action spaces. The Navigator action allows players to place city tokens on the map in order to gain immediate bonuses and bonuses during the decline phase. Now, all of these actions are same from round to round, however, different civilization cards might change the effectiveness of those actions that you're taking, and I won't go into all of those. But after six rounds of this, players add up their scores, and the one with the most points wins. If you're listening to this and have played the game, you might have noticed that I left out some intricacies of the rules, such as opening up a new action space and describing how the scribe and navigator actions work in more detail. But this is just intended to give you a brief overview of how the game works. Now let's get back to the show and see what we thought of Gentis. So a little while back, Tasty Minstrel Games did a Kickstarter like they do for a lot of their games for a deluxified version of Gentis. And I was really, really tempted by this because it looks so cool. But at the time, I was just like, I, I want to play this first before I, I do that. However, <laughs> 
we got a chance to play this, and let's see if I regret that decision or not. Let's talk about art and components for Gentis. I'm going to go ahead and say this before we start. We played the deluxified version. There is a regular version that I have no idea what the components look like. Um, all the all the pieces were wooden in the deluxified, whereas it's all cardboard in the in the main game, yeah. from what I understand. So except um, for some cubes and stuff, I think. Right, right. right. Yeah. So kind of take this with a grain of salt with with what we're going to say about the components. But especially. it's good for people who are who are interested in getting somehow <laughs> the deluxified version. Yes, and, because you can't just buy it. Yeah, you can't just buy it. So and this, by the way, shout out to Jonathan who allowed us to play his deluxified version and taught us the game. Thanks, Jonathan. Because I think he said that we talk about him, but don't mention his name sometimes. Well, So we're mentioning your name. We're ruining now, the street. Now, he might not like that we're mentioning his name, actually, Yeah. but I'm going to do it. Jonathan, Jonathan, <laughs> Jonathan. <laughs> all right. That so is made up for all the What times. did you think about the art and components, well, Dean? Dude, well, I, d- no, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to talk to me. First of all, I'm just gonna be. I'll be done in just a second. They're deluxified. They're amazing. <laughs> oh man, they're so good, so good. Yes, the the components are amazing, and the art is super simple. But I like it. I really like I the art too. in this game. The uh, cards are cool. It has it like um, ancient kind of uh, hieroglyphic, hieroglyphic yeah, type, look type people like the people on there look hieroglyphicy. Yeah, um, almost almost like stick men in a in a way. Yeah, it's um, cool, man. I think I dig it. Yeah, I think it's really cool. I I don't know if everyone would like that art style, but it's it's clean, I think. I think it makes I think it makes it look clean. I've got no I've got no beefs. I just I just Lots amazing. Of it's yeah. all great. Yep. Yep. As you great. can expect from a if you've ever played any uh, TMG deluxified game, this is what you would expect. Fantastic. So, yeah. way to go. Way to go. However, my knock is if you didn't back this on Kickstarter, you might have a difficult time trying to find the deluxified yeah. version of it. And that's a knock. It's it is a little frustrating that you and I get it, like I understand why they do it, but it is a little frustrating that you have such a great product and somebody sees that and they're like, Wow, there's it's really cool, but there's no way that I'll get that version. I can get the lesser version, but I don't think I want to because I'm gonna miss out on all the cool wooden components. Because they want you to do that next time. Spend the money. Just go. I don't want to miss out. Yep. That's all you're trying to ca- capture. That don't not miss out. Right. Right. It's 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 a it's brilliant marketing, but it's frustrating. For it us. is. So as a consumer, it's it's bothersome, and I like I don't want to go into a huge argument about this. But anyway, we'll, we people, can move on. A lot of people do get very frustrated. Yeah. With that. Yeah, they do. Yeah. They do. But let's go on to the gameplay. Yeah. So what did you think? I enjoyed it. There you go. A lot. Let's. Uh... And I regret not backing this on Kickstarter. <laughs> wow, you just wanted to go right, <laughs> just dive right on in. This game is a ton of fun. So I, I've already explained all the you know how to play and all that. But the thing, the thing that I like most about this is the the um, so the action point allowance system where you are taking your your taking these um, the little action tokens and you're putting them on your board. And if you use a certain action token, there might be time associated with this. And so you have to put that token on your board and then a piece of time after the, like a symbol for time after that. And so you really have to think and plot out what my next moves are gonna be, what other people are gonna take, because some of those really good action tokens are going to get taken early and then you can take one that's similar to it but it not, might not be you know it might cost yeah. more time or cost more money or something well, like that well that's part of that whole thing is like you're you're 
even you're building an engine in this game as well, but you're deciding on a lot of the situations, do I want to pay more time or more money? Yeah. Yep. So if you have more yeah. money or if you decide I want to build a pretty strong money building engine so that I can have more time later on because I'm spending the more money instead of the less time, uh-huh. you can do that. Yep. I think that's cool. I, I really enjoy time-based I do too. Turn. This is two games in a row. We talked about Australia last week. That yeah. that time is a is a, a resource or a resource or a countdown of sorts, which I think is interesting. But Father Time, it I <sighs> sometimes I start <laughs> and I can't finish it, but I at least attempted. But okay, so this is a it's a civilization game, but there's the theme is not strong in this one. It's not a strong like civilization type game. It's very much a Euro, but I'm okay with that in this. I would have liked to have seen maybe more of like the buildup with civilization, you know, yeah. like the where the texts kind of feed off of each other in the sense like, let's say I build a catapult this round and then the next round I'm going to build this upgraded catapult. That's and those... what I really wished. Yeah. That's what, I, that was the, I, there's not a whole lot that I can really ding, you know, um, this game, but that was, you know, when you play something like Through the Ages and you get that feel, man. It's uh-huh. amazing. Then you yeah. see a game like this and you're like, oh, here's a maybe lighter version of something like that where I don't have to play four hours right. to do this civilization game. But if you build a catapult, there is no bonus for doing the next upgrade. Mm-hmm. That, that would have been, I think that would have been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. Is if you could have paid less or less uh-huh. workers or you received something back or something for building the next version of it. Would have made this game I mean, it would have been really high for me. Yeah, yeah. It's still a great game. I agree. That's that's my biggest like biggest knock on it. Now there is they do feed off of each other in the sense that there's a symbol on there. So if you build a card that's similar to that, you'll get an extra point. I agree. Uh, no, that that is, but it's that just nice, doesn't but feel not really thematic. It yeah. didn't feel like it, and that's that yeah. is one of the interesting parts. And and I'll say this: I really like how the 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 cards serve multiple purposes. Mm-hmm. And I like dual purpose or multi purpose cards. So when you get the cards in order to play them, you got to have the right amount of. I don't, workers is not the right word for it, is it? I, Townspeople, <laughs> something like that, right? Because you have you have guys that are like religion guys versus guys that are. Um, I, man, I'm just drawing a complete blank. Philosophy guys versus warriors versus whatever. But you have to have a certain amount of them in order to pay for the card. But the interesting thing is, is not only do you get most of the time victory points, not always, for playing the card, but you can also get bonuses on top of it. So you may play a card that not it gives you three victory points, but it also gives you an extra warrior. Yeah. Or it gives yeah. you a permanent bonus throughout the game, which is really cool. Like it can give you a bonus where you don't have to pay time um, to do an action, yeah, which that can be, which can be huge. huge. Yeah. So there, there's a lot that's swirling around in this game. Um, and but I, th- those cards are it's oh, it's not a card driven game, but it it's a very important card game. Yeah, cards are important. It's definitely it's definitely not card driven, but it's I think that that I think getting the right cards at the right time is one of the most important parts about the game. Yeah. But the the thing but is if you build the right engine, maybe you can get a lot of different cards. Yeah, and you don't like you don't have to go card heavy. That's another thing about this. Yeah. Like, I mean cards I do think are important and you're gonna need to build them and for a lot of different reasons. But I think that you could have a strategy that also focuses a lot on putting your um, Putting your little house tokens out onto the board, yeah. uh, onto you know, basically like conquering these different territories or, or you know, uh, settling or whatever the the word is for that. But so the last game that we played, I won pretty handily, 
And I went that strategy, but it helped me in in putting my tokens out on the board. It really helped me to build cards because I was doing both quickly because of this engine that had built up. Yeah, because when he places those those, uh, cities or whatever on them, then every turn he may get a... Uh, an action cube that gives them something bonus or get some coins, five yeah. coins yeah. or get victory points or whatever. Um, and so there's, there is absolutely an engine building aspect of it. And that's the last game. I didn't focus on that and got hosed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I focused on, let me get the tokens to fulfill this card and then move on to the next card. And what happened was I got stuck with some bad cards lined up and I didn't get to pick the cards I wanted and it was just poor playing. Yeah, you had more options because you built a, right, a better engine than me. Right now, I I do think that I I think and I I hope maybe more plays of this, and I will get more plays of this in. I, I think that some strategies uh, there's there's different strategies that you can take. I guess like I think building up a lot of money and having a lot of money, uh, the you know the big money strategy I think is is viable. But also getting a lot of cubes to to be able to like manipulate your the people on your board, I think is is a viable option. Uh, I, I think there's different routes that you can take in this game, which I think is pretty cool. Now there's not like you know thousands of different strategies or anything like that, but I think there's there's enough that satisfy me in in this game. Yeah, but. yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, there's the the good thing about all of this is we're talking about the cards, we're talking about sending out people to your um, to conquer these villages or to have, I don't know if you're really conquering them or whatever. We're talking about a lot of, uh, several different things to do. And I feel, what I like about Gentis is I feel like there are a lot of options. I talked about how Stefan Feld allows you to just do one or two at a time. This is definitely not that. You definitely have how many spots that you could go to? Five or six, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not that, but it also doesn't feel overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. that's 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 kind of the crux of one of the things, and it, it just it doesn't feel overwhelming. And then I think I like how it has a. I love engine building, so I don't know why I didn't build a good engine. Um, I love engine building. Um, I like the time action. It just has a lot of mechanics that I like. So I think everything comes together to be a really good, solid game that I I enjoyed quite a bit. Yeah, yeah. The thing I like about, I think the decision-making, a lot of it comes in. There's not many spots, but each spot has different options. You mentioned this earlier, but a lot of the game is deciding, do I want to spend more money or do I want to spend more time? And I think with each of those locations that you can go to, you have to make those decisions. You know, even putting, if I want to play a card, I have to take a token from, from that section of the board. And then you have to decide, I can spend no money to be able to put this card out uh, from that, you know, from that action space. I can spend no money. However, I'm going to have to spend two time, which is a lot because essentially that's three time or, you know, three spots on your board that you have to, uh, that you have to give up. And that's a lot. That's a lot to give up. And then so you have that decision whether you want to put two times in one slot or one time. Right. Which oh, we, yeah. I don't think we've mentioned that. So yeah. like if you do an action that costs two times, you can put two in one spot. If you do that, though, then you lose an action basically the next turn. Correct. So yeah. you can kind of uh, pay it ahead of time, the action, the time this time to take less time next turn. And then there's also like ways to unlock more time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which So there's a, you know, there's a lot of little things things going on and it's pretty fun yeah i i wish that i, I kind of wish that the so in the, in the last phase i'm jumping back to the cards for a little bit so in the last phase 
the cards are really expensive. You have to use a lot of people, or you have to have a lot of people to be able to to build those cards. And they don't feed off of cards from the previous rounds. That's yeah. kind of a knock for me, but I and I yeah. I get it. And I think I don't think that was a bad decision to make. I just part of me wishes, oh man, it'd be so nice. I've already got this engine built up with this type of symbol. It'd be nice to be able to seek out those cards on yep. the board where I can put those symbols and get even more points. Yep. But I think then you would go you would destroy people. Really. I think that you would could. kind of mess up the balance of the game. But the other interesting part that really takes precedent, and then I'm gonna be jump to my final thoughts if you are, um, that takes that really comes to the forefront in the last round is when you are getting workers, the workers two of the workers are gonna meet in the middle of your board. And I hope that I can explain this well. For example, you may have a warrior and then a publican or something, I don't remember what it is, on the other on the on one on the left and one on the right. And as you get four warriors or three warriors, I can't remember what it is, and maybe you have three or four publicans, you meet in the middle and something's got to give. Where right. in order to get more warriors, you've got to lose a different type of, yeah. of, of townsperson. And like at the end, that's huge. Oh, yeah. Because yeah. you have these things that are costing five or you know five warriors and you're gonna have to give up yeah you some can't have work you can't have five warriors without m- pushing the other one down you can't so like that man that's that's interesting and then on top of that as you getting later on in the game too there's three bonuses that you can get one for filling up your worker or your townspeople thing one for getting six cards out when you're building your uh, yeah, eight eight cards. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then one for um. Wow, what was the other one? So it's it's getting your uh, buildings out. Um, yeah, buildings, and then your cards, and oh, that, then the and then the workers yes. that you talked about. And so there's like this race to it. So the first person that gets to them gets eight points. Everyone else can do it, but you're only going to get four points apiece. And in a game like this, especially our first game, I mean, I it was very tight. Oh yeah, I think four oh, yeah. points separated first to last place. Yeah. And we were in close in the 100, about a hundred. Yeah. So like it, 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 with a three-player game, it was extremely tight. The second game was a lot less tight, but I do like the race to things to get more points element of it as well. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's let's go ahead and and move on to our final thoughts. This is a game that I think we both enjoy, but let's see how much we really enjoy it. John, what do you think? Okay, so. It's interesting. I mentioned this earlier. I think that it adds a lot of mechanic. I think the game has a lot of mechanics that I really enjoy. I think that they actually play well together. The time action, the multi-purpose cards, the engine building, all this stuff. Um, to come together as a really solid game. However, what we talked about earlier, this game could be a 9.5 or 10 if they would have made it building on civilizations yeah. i mean for me like yeah. that's why i like a terraforming mars that i feel like i'm building towards something and that it's a pr- i'm gonna give it a really high score but it's a pretty big knock from it's it it feels like it was almost spectacular yeah yeah it yeah, was that's a, a good really good game but it was almost fantastic uh-huh. and it came up a little short. I'm going to give it eight and a half out of 10, which is a really high score. Yeah. I mean, like I'm, I don't, you've been listening to me folk at Meeple town. I'm, I'm eight and a half is a really high score, but it disappointed me in the sense of this has the potential to be like a top 20 game, you know, a top even 10. If they would have, for me, if they could have added that element and instead it slides down a little bit, I'm still going to have fun playing it. I don't own it. I do want to own it. I'm not going to turn down a game very often, hardly ever, probably of this yeah. game. Yeah. But, but, ah! 
I'm just pretty, left me hanging. I'm pretty I'm pretty much right there with you. And it, it's funny because it sounds like such a big knock. And it is in the sense of like this could be this could be one of my favorite games of all time. I know, that's what's frustrating. I wish it had like a better tech tree kind of system yes. where they fed off of each other. I, I wish it was a little more thematic, but that doesn't bother me as much in this game. The the theme, I'm okay with that. I think it's fine. But just that that tech tree part I think could have been huge. The other knock on it for me is the fact that I want the deluxified version. That's just like, <laughs> I'm just going to throw my big fit right here. Um, if you didn't back it, you can't get it. And that's 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 a frustrating thing. Maybe if you throw a big enough fit, Tasty Minstrel will send you. <laughs> <laughs> no, they won't because I'm going to rate this really high and they'll think, well, oh well. Um, I, I give this game a nine. It is that's a good. wonderful, wonderful game. This game could, could be a 10 and a contender in my top five. If that one piece of it being uh, the the tech tree piece where they feed off each other. Now, I'm, the funny thing is, I kind of think like, how could you do that? Is there a way to do that? I'm not a game designer, so I don't know. But you would have to remove all of those cards and put a whole new deck of cards in the game. Yeah. I think in order for them to feed off each other. Um, the the other part is, you know, this is a civilization game, but you're not building up like this, you know, hundreds and thousands of years of civilization. It's it's a lot. Uh, it's a lot smaller in scale, For sure. and so it's not like you're building a catapult to eventually getting you know this this rocket launcher. It's a catapult to a to a better catapult, and so I don't know what that would look like. But if that happened, I could really see this game really being a ten for me. Honestly, it's it's that good. This game is wonderful. Love it, tasty minstrel. You guys knocked it out of the park. Um, Stefan Rustaus is, I, I think, wow, wow. Great game. I give it a nine. John gave it an eight and a half. However, if this game sounds like it might be a little too complex, what might be a game that you would think of otherwise? Wow. You know, usually when you ask me that question, I've thought about it prior to the, (laughs) on the spot. Um, wow, Dean, I, I, you know, I, I haven't, I haven't thought about it. You know, the map looks like Concordia to me, by the way. <laughs> but that's not, this is not Concordia. No, no, it's but not. But the little map, you know what I'm talking about? Like, right. I'm looking at a picture of it right now. Uh, man, what what would it be, Dean? Have you thought about this? I, I kind of have, but it's difficult because a Civ game is not the answer, I don't think. It's not, no. Nope. I, I don't think. So maybe something more like a, this, this is probably a not even a great comparison, but something more like a Puerto Rico or something like that. Something where you're, um, kind of choosing those actions and I don't know it, this one's really tough for me too I don't know if there's a great answer for something that's like apples to apples no it, I don't think there is and there's just so many different mechanics too like I could give you a game for each mechanic yeah you know yeah but it when, when they all none of I don't know anything else that kind of they all come together like this so um, by the way it's rated 7.6 on board game geek Dean and I totally agree with that obviously with our ratings that we have there it's rated 946 overall. That's pretty good. Yeah. It's in the yeah. top 1,000, 4, 457 in strategy. Um, yeah, that, that, that stuff is pretty good. Now, not the non-deluxified version is on Amazon here. I'm looking at it. Now, it's... Is it... Okay, it's 50 bucks. Yeah, 50 bucks. Is it worth it? Yes. It's hard... Gameplay, yes, absolutely. Having not seen the components in it, I have no idea... I, like I can't really speak to that unless I've seen the the you know the actual game of that. So um, I'll say sure, sure, fifty bucks is worth. I it. I think it's worth it. I do, I do, I think it's worth it. I now if the components are like Notre Dame or 
uh, Castles of Burgundy. But they probably won't be, though, right? Right. Because they're tasty. Probably not. But if yeah. they were, I would say, nope, not at all. It would not be worth it for 50 Assuming that it's thicker cardboard and that it doesn't matter that much that it's yeah. not deluxified, yeah, it's worth it. Yeah. So anyway, uh, nine for me, eight and a half from John. Now let's move on to our discussion of planning a game day. All right, Meeple Town, so... Uh, several weeks ago, Dean asked for a little help from Jono, who is myself, because he is, was putting together a game night at his school, at his, the school that his wife teaches at. And obviously, I was all down for that because I get really, really excited about, I've said this before, I like to get people involved in new things. And when it's something like board games that I'm like passionate, passionate about, I get hype about it. And so I know Dean does as well. Yeah. So Dean, just could you share with them like how the game night at the school came about, why you just wanted to do it, just a few things like that? Yeah, so my wife and I have been talking about this for a while. I have a big, I have a passion. I mean, okay, so at Mabel Town, we've talked about building community, you know, strengthening community being a really big passion of ours. Um, for me, I think board games can be really good in building up the family unit. Uh, just sitting down together at a table playing games. And so my wife and I have been talking about that for a while. How can we, you know, how can we introduce that to families at her school? So that was the whole idea was we want to, we want to let families know, hey, here's a cool thing that you guys can do together. That's not, you know, lame, like, you know, the, the games that you played as a kid, they might not be, you know, that great. Not that, not, you know, if you, you enjoy those games. You Sorry and Monopoly. Yeah, and I didn't mean to do that. I, like, if you lame. like those games, they do the same thing, I think. Sure. But if that's something that you don't like, which there are a lot of people that don't like exactly. those experiences. That's why they haven't played other games, because they thought, right. eh, it's okay. There's better options out there. So that's what we wanted to do, is, is introduce those, but also, like... Hey, here we have some of the, your, the ones that you're familiar with too. So anyway, that's that's the big point is is we wanted to show families how they can grow in the family unit. So how did you go about doing this? Because based on our poll last time, we the, this week it was like forty. What did I say forty one? I think percent of people said no. I have not done a game night like this, but I want to. So I kind of want to like. How did you go about doing this? And what advice I guess do you have? Because some people may not want to do it at school. Like, obviously, your wife was there, so you had that connection. Mm -hmm. But, you know, you don't have to have a, your husband or your wife or someone that you know teaching to do it at a school. Yeah. I yeah. used to sell to schools, and I and I, I just know that principals and stuff, which you may mention, I don't know, are usually very open to people coming, especially when they're doing community building activities. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah, so first off, I, was, I would say, and you mentioned this, I would say find out what that that – community that you have access to is you know it could be your church it could be a school it could be you know a, a connection you have with the local library something like that for me because my wife teaches there uh, I know the principal so I just said hey I'd love to do this is this something that you would allow us to do and and uh, the principal was thrilled you know yeah, to have know, somebody just thrilled. to come in and do an activity like this to build up the family unit they were all about it because people would charge a lot of people would charge for that i mean just being real so like having oh wait i could have made money off yeah. of this oh man I'm making gonna rethink money this. on the kiddos baby <laughs> i'm gonna rethink this um, no but so i just I, I made a connection with the principal and said hey this is something i'd like to do i really at the time i didn't know what that would look like i just knew i want to try this and see what it looks like at this particular school there's a lot of um 
there's a lot of parental and, and family involvement. So I figured that we could have a, uh, you know, we might have a pretty good turnout and then we can kind of build off of this and move forward. And I think you guys only invited a couple grade levels. Yeah. So we invited the fourth and fifth graders um, specifically be, one, because we didn't want, it, there's a huge gap in teaching the younger kids yes. and we only have myself John and my wife teaching games. We had another parent that knew uh, Carcassonne and they volunteered to kind of jump in and help teach that, which helped a ton. Uh, but we wanted to, to kind of limit it partly to see where we're at and, and how many people would be interested. Because it would be so difficult to teach Carcassonne and then you've got like Pie Face or something. You know what I mean? Like you, you'd have to have a lot of choices yep. if mm-hmm. you're going from kindergarten. So, I mean, that's that's a I think that's a really good point that if you're thinking about doing this, to, to think about who's your target audience what games are going to, you know, not only what games are going to resonate with them potentially, but also like how many teachers or whatever do you have? How many volunteers do you have? And how can can you do it in a way where you're not spreading them so thin? So Dean did, I thought it was great, actually. I think he did it really well. I don't want to, oh, I don't want to boost up his, you know, office. <laughs> anyway, I'm just kidding. But they had, Car- he, he had chose Carcassonne, uh, Sushi, Go Party, and um, Ticket to Ride. And we had someone we had three people, right? So we had someone to teach all three of those games, but he also had like two or three versions of each of those on the table. Not versions, but Not two versions. or three I'm games. Sorry. Yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, yeah, <laughs> my bad. Um, so like I had Sushi Go Party, so I had I was sitting in between two of them, teaching one group Sushi Go Party and then kind of going to the other group and teaching them, getting one going and then coming back and making sure that they were okay and that there was no problems with it. And it really went well. Um, it was really nice also to, for him to let me know ahead of time so that I could, I read the instructions ahead of time again because I hadn't played it in a while. Yeah. It's a simple game, but you know, you just forget. Kind of prepping the people that are helping you, I thought that was really good too. Yeah, and so for me, I had in mind what I thought that would look like, and I think it worked out really well. So my wife had the Carcassonne section. I think we had three or four copies of Carcassonne going. Um, John to Sushi Go, like he said, and then I was doing Ticket to Ride. But I also, any game that I brought, so I brought another stack of games. I brought a decent amount of games, partly because I had no idea how many we would have. We did an RSVP and we had an idea, um, and it was around that number, but I thought, you know, what if other families come and we don't have enough space? So I just brought some other games, kind of set up a table for people just to, to pick from. But they were all games that I could teach. Which was really helpful because if there were games that I'm fumbling through the rules, it would have been a miserable experience for somebody who doesn't have experience in games. It is when someone might not be that excited about something yeah. and just going because they want to have something for their kids to do or whatever. To have someone bumbling through rules, you can lose their attention like that. Yeah, yeah. So I think this worked out really well. I was actually kind of surprised at how many people just went to the table and picked up new games uh you know we I, I feel like we did a pretty good uh, job i wish we would have had somebody that could have just welcomed people in um that's true my wife was doing that at first but then once the game started going and people, people were coming in, in later. it, it, it kind of threw things off and those were the people that didn't go necessarily to, to the games that were already going but they went to the table where the games were picked one that looked great sat down with it pulled out the rules and so then I, that's when I started jumping around to different groups and teaching. Maybe we could have had like a fly, like a sign that says like learn to play Carcassonne or something like that. Yeah, I think that probably would have been, that would have been really helpful. Uh, but, it, but I think it still worked out really well. Part of it oh, was, it worked great. so I had, um, there weren't as many people that were playing Ticket to Ride, uh, which probably was helpful and, and it was set up 
farther back than the other one. So it could have been that some people just came in and you know grabbed the first game that they saw. Yeah. So I taught a game of Ticket to Ride, and then in, after I had taught that, I noticed there were probably three different groups that were playing games that they had the rule books out for. Uh, those were one group had Adventureland, one group had Karuba, and then another one had. Um, Actually, there are several more, Weeble but Survive, there was, yeah, there, so, but at the time, Karuba and Adventureland, games that I know really well, we've played that a lot, those a lot with my family, so I was able to run from Ticket to Ride, and I'll say, you know, I said, hey, I'll be back in a minute, you guys have this, I'll come check on you, make sure you got the rules, ran and taught Adventureland, and then ran over to talk, to teach Karuba, and then kind of, you know, rotated around those three groups, just checking on and making Gene sure. Gene was like a rules. kid in a candy store. This was my element, honestly. Grinning from ear to ear, loving I, every moment of it. I really did. I really thought, if I could do that as my job full-time, just running around teaching games all day, oh my goodness, I love it. I really do. I, I just think it's neat. When when people get games, um, I, the Adventureland group, for for example, so I taught them the game, and as I'm teaching it, the, the mom looks at her son and said, oh, you're going to love this game. This is right up your alley. And then you get so once they got going and it kind of clicked with, with how they played, they loved it. They really did, and I think they may have ordered it that night too. I'm pretty sure they did. I had a group, a, a cup of a mother say that she was getting sushi go party for sure. Yeah, as well. Like I do, I love those. Yeah, we did sell a lot of games that yeah, night. That's true. Like, that's because right. they were unfamiliar to a lot of families. We should be making people circus. We sold a copy of, of that. Yeah. <laughs> no, um, I I do love that moment when it clicks with people who haven't played games a lot. Like when they go, oh, there's another world of games. It's not mm-hmm. sorry, and I'm not hating on it's not just sorry monopoly the game of life there are some games that are like have thing themes that i'm excited about playing yeah. you know that may be a little bit deeper like it's just it's cool man yeah it's it's cool to see that yeah it, there was one group this kind of surprised me a little bit there, there was a group it was a mom and her son and then the son's uh friend and then my son kind of joined in that group for a little bit too um, so they they wanted to get a taste of all the different games, which I thought was really cool. Yeah. So they they played. Uh, it was an hour and a half game night. They played Ticket to Ride for a little bit. They played Sushi Go. They played one round. One round of Sushi, round Go. Of Sushi yeah. Go. Um They played Meeple Circus. They played Ice Cool. They may have played another one too, but they just wanted to get a sampling. And so afterwards, I was talking to the mom and I said, "What what were your favorites? Ticket to Ride and uh, Meeple Circus." And it was surprising because when I taught Ticket to Ride, it was the first game they sat down for. They played for about ten or fifteen minutes. As and they just you know, walked away. I went to go teach this other game. I came back and they were putting it up, and I was like, "Oh, they must have really not liked it." But it was one of her favorites. They just wanted to check out whatever was there to, to see what they could introduce to their family, which I thought was was neat. And I had not expected that I think at that's all. Exciting. So, what would you give like to? What would you give us some of your like really? strong pointers i guess like two or three things that you would say if you want to do this kind of to sum it up like what yeah. what 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 would you encourage the listeners to do i would say let's we'll speak specifically for a school okay, okay. because that's what this setting was i would try to get families to rsvp if they can and then you know d- is somewhat of a base so you know what do i need we had almost 60 people there we did and yeah. we had three people helping yeah so that's that's quite a quite a number of folks yeah and i feel pretty we're going to do this again and we'll talk about it on the show later too but in the fall I, i'm planning on doing one either right before school starts or you know sometime around there 
And I, I would imagine we'll have a hundred people. Mm-hmm. I would say in in just that those two grade levels yeah. in in fourth and fifth grade. I think we'll keep it that, that way. That was a key. I don't mean. I think that was a key as well to know how many who you're inviting to this thing. Because if you would have said the whole school, it would have been a whole lot more chaotic. Yeah, you yeah. could have had a hundred and then had all these wide range of grades, which right. makes it even harder. Right. And so once you have an idea of how many you might have get people to help you out that was key if if one of us had to do this on our own it would have not been great it would have been a big flop i think we could have used honestly i think if we had six people that would have been amazing um you know one person to kind of meet people at the door we had oh let me let me say this real fast not fast but as a huge thank you game point uh, board game cafe in nashville oh yeah i reached out to the owner and uh rick is great he said um he said, hey, I said, we're going to do this. I'd really like to promote what you guys have. Honestly, I was just, I was thinking, let's just get, you know, some flyers to, to let people know there's this cafe where you can play board games. He said, sure, I'll donate stuff. So he, we were able to do a giveaway that night. We gave away two games. You can see that on our on our uh, Twitter account. We gave away two games to um, that we did a random drawing for. Game Point was wonderful. I mean, they thought this was, uh, you know, it's, it's a good thing for them, but they didn't have to do this. But they did, and and so Rick, we really appreciate you helping out with this. That, you know, that's something I really feel like is one of the beauty, beautiful things about the board gaming community at large is that it seems to be a community that wants to help other people. Yeah, you're, you're gonna have the, you're gonna have. I mean, if I could be honest, the the downers, the few, I don't want to say jerks. You know, I mean, it's like that with anything. You're never gonna have everyone, but it seems to really be a community where I mean, it's cool, man. You reach out and they're like, yeah, I'm gonna donate some games. Mm-hmm. I say that to say. Don't be afraid to ask. Yeah. Like, don't be afraid to call a local gaming thing and say, hey, this is I'm doing this night at the library. We're going to have 20 people. Let them know what you're going to have. So yeah. they, I think, I don't think you want to hide it or try to, you know, try to make it seem like it's bigger than it is. Um, you know, every game store may not be able to donate. Right. They may. They may say, man, I'm sorry. We, we're tight. But... You can ask, and that can build a relationship. They might give a coupon or or even just a flyer to say, hey, we exist, which is, you know, for me, I thought, how can I show families, you know, if you want these games, where can you get them? And I heard people ask that. Yeah. Or I heard people say, well, where can I play besides yeah. this? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Game Point Cafe in, in Nashville really helped out with that. And, you know, even if they could let you put a flyer on their, you know, by the checkout or something like that, mm-hmm. you know, or hang it up in the store. You know, I, I think that they, I think most, almost everybody would do something to try to help you. Yeah. Yep. So get more people involved. Yeah. So I think having, having volunteers and just getting people involved is, is a huge help. And what I'm hoping going into these next game days that we're going to do, um, you know, we might do one a semester. We might do, you know, once a month or something like that. What I'm hoping is that as we, as we kind of build a foundation of people at the school that we can get some of the parents that are there to volunteer, to teach the games that they learned the last time that they played. That would be, I'm ideal. sure they would be absolutely, absolutely willing to do that. Yeah. The other part of that is we wanted to cater to, you know, this was geared towards uh, fourth and fifth graders and their families. Some of them have younger siblings. So we made sure to have games available. We That's had, uh, we, we had several games available, like the my first Carcassonne, and we had uh, Ice Cool, which was a big hit for, for a lot of the younger kids especially. And the, uh, what's what's the game, uh, a Monster, a Go Away Monster, which is my three-year-old was there, and he loves that game so much. And so he was enjoying getting to, to play that with other even. people. He yeah, he even it. set it up. Yeah. That's that's right. So He put the, the pieces, like, 
way far away from each other. So yep. everyone was sitting like three chairs down from one another. <laughs> oh, it was so, so much fun. I'll say the other big takeaway for me that I noticed that I appreciate that Dean did was being well organized. I think that him having three games that someone is there to teach, um, then having the other games that if they want to pick up something else, just having that organization made it feel more, uh, I don't want to be like professionalism, but it, did, it felt like people are putting something on that love what they do, that know what they do, mm-hmm. that have done it before. Yep. You know, and we've, and I've learned, I mean, I've done some things at church where like I'm sitting back and because that's another good place to do games or whatever, but where we didn't have some of that. And sometimes it works great. But there are other times where I sit back and go, I think that that idea of having some games to teach people and stuff like that is can be hugely helpful. Yeah, yeah. Another thing is there was a family that brought sorry. Um, sure. You know, they thought, yeah, you know, we, we've never done this before. So the expectation, they didn't really have one. So, you know, we just want to bring a game. Let's play sorry. Don't poo-poo those games. In fact, have some available if you have them. We, yep. we had, you know, Scrabble and some other ones that were Uno games that were familiar to people. If that's what they want to play, don't poo-poo that. Nope. And also don't have an expectation that this is going to be your game night if this is something you want to do, right? Mm. If this is something you want to do to grub the hobby, find another time to play games. I will never do this event with an expectation that I'll play a single game because that's not the point. I want to teach games. I want other people to know that these games exist and I want them to impact their families in the same way that it's impacted me and my family. So um, that that's just kind of my, my takeaway, another takeaway. I think that's that. a huge one because I, I, I do think that a lot of times we'll, you'll go into it go, wanting to have a good time mm-hmm. playing games and there is a place for that. Yep. But if you if you're teaching non gamers and stuff like that, the focus being on teaching them and letting them have a good time to yeah. me is huge. Yeah. Now, if you if you do a game day at a library or something like that, that might be different because you're you you might be advertising for gamers to be a part of that. That's not what we were trying to do. Um, this event was not for gamers. So I guess what I'm getting at is if you're gonna if you're gonna throw an event that's not for gamers, be there to support them, not to you know try to get a a game in or whatever. Yep. Uh, and you might, you know, we, we played with them. It's not that we didn't, it was just our, our purpose was to teach. So anyway, I thought it was a great experience if, for the first, for the first go We're we're going to try this out again. Uh, you know, I, the thing I like is that there's a, there's some fear of the unknown, right. Of not knowing what you're getting into. Now we're past that hump and we can see here are some ways that we can improve. I think we can really move forward and, and do an even better job next time. And getting someone really trying to, it, I think it's huge. You don't have to have this, but having someone to help you, to encourage you. Because there are going to be times you'll make a mistake. Maybe it won't go great. Right. But you guys, like, you know, have someone to encourage and go, all right, well, let's, let's do it again. Let's try this. I think that's a big deal too. Yeah, and if you're doing it at a school and you, you know, maybe you have kids at the school or something like that, Talk to parents and say, here's what I'm wanting to do. Can I teach you these games so you can help me out? You know, you don't yeah. have to have gamers that are doing that. Um, I don't think, you know, I, th- I think some I of these, if the games that you're going to teach, you can teach pretty quickly and get somebody to help you out that way. Yep. So anyway, um, look forward to us talking about this in the future. A passion of ours, again, is uh, we want to strengthen community through board games. And that's, um, that's this is a way that we found that we could do that and we want to do more of that. So anyway, that's going to do it for this episode. John, why don't you tell us how people can get in touch with us? Yeah, for sure. Something I didn't mention earlier is uh, if we talked about Fine Sand, we just released a video for that. And we talked about Sushi Roll. Yep. We released a video for that as well. So if either one of those games sounds interesting to you or you'd like to see some gameplay, 
because we do some gameplay and review it and give our score. So if you want to know, hey, what would John, Dean and John rate it? They're both on YouTube and you can do that. So just look up Meeple Town on YouTube. Um, you could, you could, I guess, search Find Sand Meeple Town. But if you just look up Meeple Town, all one word, you'll see us there. Um, so that's YouTube on Twitter and on Instagram. We're Meeple Town Games. Uh, and Board Game Geek Guild 3407. So we'd love for you to just kind of join in all the parts of our community. Absolutely. And thanks for joining us. That's the end of episode number 15. Thanks for coming down to Meepletown. Town.